Thanks for checking out this week's podcast from Center Street Church. We pray it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Great to be with you this morning. Lots of firsts for me. It is in 25 years of ministry that I've preached on Christmas Day. So thanks for being here for my first time. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. First time ever that on Christmas Day my mom and dad are with me as well. And so they're here, yeah, all the way from B.C., and so, uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about uh, being with you this morning and uh, sharing with you what the Lord's laid on my heart. As you saw this, the, uh, the slide, uh, the, the sermon title is called Three Gifts for Jesus. And as my introduction, I thought uh, I would show you uh, some different gifts that I got to be part of in November. And uh, for many of you, if you did not know, I'm the executive pastor of Global Mission, so I oversee uh, basically our outside efforts of, the, of Center Street Church. And I've mentioned many times that your church is involved locally, nationally, and internationally around the world uh, with the transforming good news of the gospel. Uh, on the slide up there, you'll see our partner, uh, Heart Ministries, uh, is our primary partner in Ukraine, though they work in many other different countries. I had a chance, had been planning for three years to go and see the work uh, under our great partners, uh, Lloyd Sinenko, who's part of our church, and Kostya, who is our, the European director of heart. I got to go over and spend some time with them. And so I got to go to Lviv, I got to go to Kiev, I got to go to Rivna and see some of the great things that God's been working over there. This, uh, this first slide you're going to see here is every child that's sponsored through the Heart Child Sponsorship Program receives a monthly food hamper. And this is a gift, not just for the child, but for their family. This is about 30 or 40 pounds. I helped haul one of those right up to the doorstep of this house and they'll have fresh bread and rice and different staples to help the family survive is most people earn about 100 to $200 a month total for the income of their family. So this gift is quite important to them on a regular basis. This next picture is a typical house found near the Carpathian Mountains. For many in Ukraine, this home and this, this is a gift to them. It's not, it's not a big home at all. It's built in stages with a lot of times with uh, supplies that they have found. And they have collected. And they add to this their houses in stages in simple fashion for it needs to meet their family needs. This is Ivan. Ivan is, uh, is a, just a cool little boy. I remember when they, we were going to meet Ivan. Ivan was playing in the, in the woods just in the back of his home. And he and his brother just come running you know, down. I have a little bit of a video of him coming over and jumping over the kind of little uh, stream there and joining us. This is uh, the sponsor child of Jim and Sherry Scott. Sherry works with me in Global Mission. And uh, just look at the expression on his face. And uh, it looks like he just won the lottery. As he opens up this uh, gift box of hope, he, sh he looks at the picture that Jim and Sherry put in the box of their family and their two sons. And then he looked through a few of the toys and he, and he shared it with his parents and then he immediately went into the house to start sharing this gift with his brothers and sisters. It was very, very special. And then this is a picture of Ivan's mom and his siblings in that home I showed you a picture of. 
Now, many families I found when I toured the Ukraine because of just the conditions and so on, that they only have one furnace, not a furnace, sorry, they have a stove, many of them just to keep them warm. So most of the families stay and sleep in one room, as you can see in this picture. And so they're all in together in this home. And, you know, the main source of heat is located there. And they take these things, friends, as a gift. So this gift box of hope was so meaningful to Ivan and his family. And they kept thanking me and Sherry and Jim over and over and to heart about these food supplies and the spiritual nurturement that's happening. So this is an incredible gift. I was also able to meet the sponsored child of Bob and Dale Dreger. Her name is Uliana. And her mother expressed to us through the translator just how much the gift of her child being sponsored has transformed this little girl's life. Now, in the local ministry where she goes that Hart has set up there near the Carpathian Mountains, like she will go to the programs and memorize her Bible. And one time, she couldn't actually get there, and she actually started to cry that she wasn't able to go to the church program. And she just wants to be involved with this and is there every time. And the food hamper and this gift that Dale uh, had made for her, she sat there and held it for a while. It was an incredible gift. And I know she was just going, okay, when is this guy going to stop talking? When can I open this gift? You know, when will he, you know. So I could just see it on her. As soon as we said goodbye, and, and the mother again thanking us, thanking us, thanking Bob and Dale for their sponsorship. You know, as soon as we started to head out, you know, she ran to get her siblings and started to play with this little gift that Dale had given her. And so also, I had the gift of staying in the home of Pastor Sasha and getting to know his family. Uh, The gifts of Center Street Church that provides Pastor Sasha and his church is helping his church to grow and meet the needs of his community. Now, his church has grown to over 150 people, and they have had the opportunity to purchase a piece of land that actually, and they started to build their new church building. Previously, the land was a heavy wooded area where many drug deals and criminal activity were happening on a regular basis. The location of this new building is a gift to their people and even more as a gift to the community. And Pastor Sasha and his people are reaching out with the gift of hope and love to that community. You know, friends, this is just a a snapshot, and I pray it encourages you on that when you are generous and you continue to give, that these little gifts, both in in the sponsorship program, but also in our partner churches, is providing gifts that are not just things of, 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 of smallness, but of massive, life-changing piece of who they are. And so it's really great to be aligned with Heart and other ministries that do this. And I pray it's encouraged you. Now, I wish I had more time to share stories with you about what God is doing around the world in our nine countries, 65 churches, you know, and, but God is alive and well and doing great things through his, through his spirit. But today, I want to go back to uh, the rereading of what we heard just a moment ago from Pastor Tim in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Now, I'm going to focus primarily this morning on verses 9 through 11, and as we, give, uh, as we begin this message today, I'd like to give some thanks and insights to... Uh, Uh, some folks, Adrian Rogers and Ken Trevett and some others who had done some amazing research and work on this topic. And I found it so helpful. And, And preparing for this message really enlightened my heart to see the scripture and the history of you know, Christmas and Christ's coming in a whole new way. So I'm praying it'll be the same for you today. I'll read Matthew nine through Matthew two, nine through eleven. After they had heard the king, which was King Herod, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. 
when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the question for us today is, what would you like to give the Lord Jesus for his birthday, for Christmas? What kind of gift does he desire? What kind of gift does he deserve? Now, I believe the story of the wise men gives us an idea on the kind of gift that we all can give Jesus at Christmas. Now, many of you may, may know the story of the Magi or wise men, but there's a lot about these wise men that we actually don't know. For example, we don't know really where or what countries these wise men came from with divinity, other than they were coming to Jerusalem from the east. Also, we're not certain that there were three wise men, as is on, the, on our nativity scene there. There may have been more. Now, I used to only think that there were three wise men because three gifts, right? But we don't know that for sure. And as you heard in the, the video, the journey may have taken up to two years for these wise men to find Jesus. Now, I, I, I have been to, the, I've been to Israel, and I, I actually have got to ride a camel on one year. Cheryl and I went with Pastor Henry on his Israel trip, and I, you know, I, I don't think it would be that easy. <laughs> there wasn't planes and cars, and there wasn't, you know, uh, an ease. And being on a camel, I can tell you, there's no air conditioning on a camel. It's not really a stable ride on the camel. And if it took two years, I can guarantee you there was no Google Maps. And the only thing that they had to guide them was this star. So there's not a lot of comfort. I, I'd figure, as they were sharing when, when we saw this, that there's danger among the roads, along the roads. There are long days. There's lots of uncertainty. How did they feed themselves and get water? All these different things. In my opinion, though, the wise men were deeply committed to see this new king, the one who was born king of the Jews. See, they recognized kingship, friends. Remember in verses seven through nine, King Herod called the Magi to himself, right? Told him what, told them what he wanted them to do. And in recognition of King Herod, they responded. And on, on their journey, they went. However, they listened to the true king, the God of the universe, when he said, don't go back that way. And they went home another way. Now today, I want, to see, I want us to see these gifts and what they were, and that they were, and what they represented of these gifts for Jesus. See, you know, the wise men brought these gifts for a future king. I believe today the question is: is what can we bring the present king? For example, they brought him gold, and gold is a gift that is presented to a king. Gold was of high and sought after because of its because of being a precious metal of that day. It was used for money. And has represented value and prestige of royalty for years. In fact, even in today's Olympics, the first place finisher gets a medal and it is made of gold. You see, when these wise men came to the Lord Jesus and presented to him gold, what they were saying is, he is king. We read in verses 1 and 2, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east, saying, Where is he that born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star, and we have come to worship him. 
Now, I suggest to you that a fitting gift to give Jesus this Christmas is to give him the recognition that he is king. The recognition that he is king. This child, this baby that we're talking about, is the king of kings and the lord of lords. Now, the question comes is, will you offer the lord the submission that is due to him because he's your king? It's not enough for you just to tip your hat or to pay homage but that you must bow your knee because the king gives authority. The king gives power. And when these kings came to see baby Jesus, they just, they didn't get down on the ground. In fact, I'll walk over here and, you know, I'll use a live illustration. They didn't come here and, and go, oh, hey, baby Jesus, you know, hang out. Let's kind of cuddle you and have some fun. No, no, he didn't. Pastor Henry's in a crowd. He's liking that right now, I'm sure. But see, the thing is, friends, that they came, right, to bow their knee. They recognized and knew that Jesus is the king. Now, I find in today's North American society that our understanding of being under a king can be a bit of a foreign concept. Even the children's game, I'm the king of the castle and you're the dirty rascal, yeah. It talks about position. It talks about me being king of my life. It's talking about me being in a position of authority, It's about my money, it's about my possessions, it's about my job, it's about my position in the community. But see, friends, if we are going to be loyal subjects and bow our knee to the king, that means we're going to let him rule our lives. We are not the kings of the castle. And in my own personal uh, reading plan this year, I have been actually studying first and second kings. It's been fascinating. Now, I read the lines over and over of those kings who made themselves subjects and followed God Almighty. The word says, it it would say about these kings, um, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He held fast to the Lord. He kept the commands the Lord had given, and the Lord was with him. See, friends, he is king of kings and lord of lords. He is this king that the wise men came to worship. And one day, I will promise you, that Justin Trudeau, Donald Trump, Wayne Gretzky, myself and you and everyone else will bow their knees to Jesus Christ, as it says in the word, for he is king. So what can I give him today? I think, friends, and even into the new year, you can give him the recognition that he is sovereign in your life. He is the king. And that when, then when we live, we live under that kingship, that other people understand that. So if gold was a, was a gift for a king, and our gift to Jesus is that we recognize him, then what significance is there with the wise men bringing frankincense? Now this was so fascinating when I did the research on this. Frankincense is tapped from a, from a tree through scraping the bark and allowing the resins to bleed out and harden. These hardened resins are called tears, and it was one of the most aromatic and highly sought-after resins or, or substances. And it wasn't by circumstances that frankincense was given to Jesus this day. Because when you cross-reference this, and I really didn't know this till I studied it, in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, anchia, and galbandum, and pure frankincense in all equal amounts and make a fragrant blend of incense. 
See, friends, frankincense was the sweet perfume that rose up to God as a sweet-smelling savor. It was a symbol in the Bible of prayers and worship ascending to God. Now, this was, God, this was a God-directed recipe for incense that was only used in the tabernacle. This sweet-smelling incense was burned in shallow dishes called censers, and it was used to show honor and reverence to God. This incense, like the sacred anointing oil, was so holy that people were strictly forbidden from using it in personal use. So it was not a fragrance that people smelt in their homes or in their lives. This was set apart for worship. In verse 2, I point back, the wise men told Herod, they saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Hmm. In verse 11, we read that when they came into the house, they saw the young child with his mother Mary, fell down and worshiped him. Friends, the second gift I believe that we can give Jesus this Christmas is the gift of worship, which states that he is God. So what does it mean to worship? Tim said it in his prayer earlier in John 4, 23. A time is coming and now has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For those are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Theologian and author A.W. Tozer said, Worship is to feel in your heart and express in some appropriate manner a humbling sense of admiring awe and astonished wonder. And overpowering love that in the presence of the most that in the presence of that most ancient mystery, that majesty that philosophers called the first cause, but which we call Father, which art in heaven. Now there's never been another person like the Lord Jesus Christ. For Jesus was God man. And you've ever thought about the unique life of Jesus Christ? At times, I find it when I read, it's, it's, it's very awe-inspiring, but it's also overwhelming. And, and what gets me is that, that, that when I was reading this research, that as well as the Word of God, I can't find a time where he withdrew or modified the things that he said. For example, many things he said were sometimes hard to understand, and, but he never said, you know, I made a mistake. I'd like to restate that. Jesus never apologized for things. Now, some of his actions got people angry, but he never apologized. See, friends, what Jesus did is he only did what his father told him to do. He was subject to the king. He loved his father and would only do what his father told him to do. When I was thinking about that, I remembered my dad. It was kind of weird. I was, I was kind of preparing. There was one thing I remember that my dad taught me. And that was washing the car. And when we washed the car, you know, he taught me that if he was over here, wash, uh, like using the, the, the sponge and that, I should spray this way so that I wouldn't get him wet. <laughs> okay, probably a smart thing. But, and you always spray from the top down. So I remembered things that my father had taught me about just washing the car. And there's other instances. I'm sure all of us can relate to some sort of teaching that way. But Jesus only did what his father told him to do. And see, some could say that maybe he, you know, uh, didn't really pay attention. I was reading about the story of Lazarus and when he didn't get there and Lazarus died. And he never gave any explanation. 
He did what the father told him to do. When he was sleeping in the boat and the waves are about to crash over, you know, about to sink, he didn't justify his actions to the disciples. Jesus never asked forgiveness. Not one time did he ever ask anybody to forgive him or he asked his father to forgive him because he did what his father told him to do. He asked the disciples to watch. He asked the disciples to pray. He told them they needed to pray, but that was for them. They needed prayers. They needed to have that following. See, he is God. The expositor Robert Clark, I found this in one of his articles he wrote, has rightly given this assessment of the character of Jesus. I just love this. He wrote that there was meekness without weakness. There was tenderness without feebleness, firmness without coarseness, love without sentimentality, holiness without sanctimoniousness, lowliness without lowness, truth without error, enthusiasm without fantasism, passion without prejudice, heavenly mindedness without forgetfulness, carefreeness without carelessness, service without servility, self-exaltation without egotism, judgment without harshness, seriousness without somberness, and mercy without softness. I think of the beloved hymn, How Great Thou Art. It expresses a soul occupied with the greatness, goodness, and grace of God in who God was. O Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. And when I think that God not, not when, and when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I can scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. If gold was for a king, and our gift to Jesus is recognition of him being the king in our lives, and the wise men brought frankincense as a gift of worship to the king, then our gift to Jesus is the same, the gift of worship, acknowledging that he is God and that we can follow him and that we can trust him. That brings us to our third gift, that we can learn from from the wise men, and that gift was myrrh. So again, the question begs, what was myrrh? Myrrh was also a gum-like substance that was very valuable because of how much it was used. See, friends, it was used for embalming the dead. Can you imagine bringing the little baby something that would be for embalming the dead? Why? It didn't make much sense. Now, because not only did they recognize him as king and not only did they worship him as God, they knew somehow in their spirit that this baby was born to die and that that interaction with Jesus and our interaction with Jesus through his death has changed the world as we know it. We are part of a church, friends, because of the disciples' interaction with Jesus we are directly correlated to those 11, 12 men that actually started the church and, kept, and we're part of it today. See, the gift that we can give is the gift of witness, that he is savior. We are the witnesses. He is the savior. The angel said to Joseph in Matthew 1, and he shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call him Jesus 
for he shall save the people from their sins. The reason Jesus came to save sinners, this is the reason that Jesus came to save us from sin. This is the real message of Christmas as well, friends, that he might die for us. The gift of myrrh was a foretelling of what would come, and that, that gift Jesus would experience three times in his life. We read in Mark 15, 22, and 23, that when Jesus was brought to Golgotha, they offered him wine mixed with myrrh. Yeah, the same gift that was given to him on his birthday. We read in John 19, 39, that Nicodemus brought a mixture of what? Myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds worth, and then wrapped him in strips of linen, for this was the manner of the Jews to bury someone in that day. It was their tradition. It was their custom to bring myrrh in the burial. Now, I don't know how the wise men knew all this. I'm not going to speculate, but I'm confident that this is not by accident. This is not a coincidence that is recorded this way in the word of God. Now, giving gifts has become part of our culture. It shows love and caring and thoughtfulness. And gifts with a specific purpose are especially meaningful. The baby that came into this world receiving gifts at his birth would end up being the greatest gift, gift giver ever, that he gave his life for us. Not just so that we can spend eternity with him, that's huge, but also so that we can be, that we can be made whole, that we can be set free and delivered. That's, again, last night Liz talked about the Galatians, about being free. This is what that gift means, friends. You know, made whole, set free and delivered. And still we get to spend eternity with Jesus. This morning when I was having my devotional time before, my, before Cheryl and my mom and dad got up, it actually kind of showed me that I'm actually growing up a little bit because I used to get up early to try to go and see what's under the tree and shake presents and all that kind of stuff and be quiet. Um, but I guess I'm starting to grow up. So this morning, as I was reading in, in the text this morning, this came John 1, 7 to 9. It's talking about John the Baptist, that he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The gift of our witness, friends, in this world is such a gift that we need to continually be giving it. It's the gift of us being united, aligned, and connected, and identified not just with the baby Jesus in the manger, but of the crucified Jesus on the cross. One of my more recent favorite Christmas songs is uh, Paul Brandt's song called The Gift. And he, a song he wrote in conjunction with Operation Christmas Child and the Shoebox Campaign a few years ago when he did a big movement across the country. I actually had the, the gift uh, given to me and Cheryl when we got to deliver shoeboxes with Paul in Belize uh, many years ago. The words speak to me today on the subject about gift giving and the changes that can come from giving the right gift. A couple parts of the song say this. It must have been so dark and cold. There must have been so little hope. Sometimes I wonder where I'd be if no one had sent a gift to me. But wrapped in mercy, grace, and love, a gift was sent 
from up above. Unconditional and free, that little gift changed everything. The gifts that were given through Operation Christmas Child is changing. The gifts that we're able to give to our partner churches and, the, and, the, and Ivan and Uliana that you saw today are an expression of that love we have for Jesus. So in closing, what three gifts can we give to Jesus on his birthday, but also to live out in 2017? Let me recap. Because of his kingship, I will give him the gift of recognition that he is the king and all that I am and all that I have are at his disposal of, as my king. Secondly, because of him being the God-man, conceived of the Holy Spirit, yet fully man, I will give him the gift of my worship because he understands me. He knows me. And as he is my God, I will bow down to him in his sovereignty. Not my will be done in his name, but his will be done in his name. And thirdly, because he came to die for me through his sacrificial death, I will give him the gift of witness in this world because he is Savior, that, that all men come to know him, that there is no other way. So friends, if you choose to give any of these gifts to Jesus, I'll tell you right now, they're going to cost you. I'm not going to say it's not going to be, it's not always easy. It's not. But nothing worth doing ever is. They'll cost you to think differently. They're going to cost you to act differently. They're going to cost you to speak differently and to live differently. And all because of a gift that can change the hearts and minds of people. And eventually, as was with the disciples, will change the world. I just want to pray as we close today on Christmas Day, Jesus' birthday. And I say, happy birthday, Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending the gift of your son to earth as a baby so many years ago that he paid the, the punishment for all of our sin on the cross and that the baby Jesus that's in the manger is the same Jesus that died willingly for our sins. And Father, as we, we relish in the celebration of his birth, we also need to know we need to live in the light of his cross. So Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would continue to empower us, that we would celebrate, but we would also be changed, that when we look at these things on a regular basis, when we look at the nativity, when we look at, you know, the word of God, that we can see that we want to recognize you as king. We want to worship you as God. And Father, we want to be your witness because you are our Savior, and there is no other way to heaven but through you. So Father, as my family... Center Street Church goes from here today and celebrates in all the uniquenesses and customs and traditions of their families and friends. I pray, pray, Lord, that you would go with them. They would not lose sight of the babe in the manger who came to be the Christ of the cross. For I pray this in your name. Amen. As you leave this morning, I pray that you feel encouraged. I pray that you will have a, a practical application to walk with you this next week going into 2017. And I found an Irish blessing to bless you with as our benediction today. It says, may you be blessed with the spirit of the season, which is peace, with the gladness of the season, which is hope, and with the heart of the season, which is love. 
May God bless you and keep you. The rest of this year till we get together next Sunday and worship the Lord in 2017. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has impacted you. We'd like to challenge you to take it one step further and get connected. For any questions or prayer, please visit our website at cschurch.ca. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter.